raise amazing children? How do you teach them to be kind and honest, insightful and inquisitive, athletic and curious, loving and thoughtful? And how do you give your child the courage to be a good sport, a good sibling, a good friend, and a good person? When Tom Sturgis became a father, he wanted to be the greatest father who ever walked the earth. So he asked lots of questions and picked up ideas and advice and tips from all kinds of people, from parents, grandparents, and rock stars. And the result is Grow the Tree You Got, 99 Other Ideas for Raising Amazing Adolescents and Teenagers. And he's joining us today on Amy's Table. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hey, Amy. I'm so I'm so great, and I'm so uh, thankful that you let me join you this afternoon. Well, I'm thankful to talk to you. I've got to say, I, parenting is important to me, too, as the parent of two kids, and I, I think it's it's uh, our job, isn't it, to see it through? It's, it's, uh, I think it's the greatest job life offers, is to help bring another person into the world and give them a great head start and give them a chance to discover what... Uh, what a wonderful life they can have if they pursue and become the person that they're meant to become. Yeah. Well, you know, when you, you when you became a father, you're saying you wanted to be the greatest father ever. But here's my question. Did you have that feeling as you were awaiting the birth of your first child? Or was it taking one little look at that little guy and deciding at that moment? Well, part of it was uh, the fact that my own father died when I was very young. He died uh-huh. when I was three. And I had grown up imagining what a perfect father would be. And it came into my head in sort of this fuzzy picture of somebody who would never raise his voice and never hit and always get tickets to the baseball game and be very forgiving and gentle and loving. And that sort of formed in my mind of what a great dad would be. And so I tried to be that father to my children. Well, you know, it's funny because while that's a great father to be, it also kind of sounds like a father in the movies. And your dad was, of course, in the movies. So do you think that was part of where you were coming from with that image? Uh, who knows? You know, uh, Hollywood has a certain view on things, so possibly. But, yeah. Um, I just, uh, I, I knew I, I was only going to have the experience on the one hand. Yeah. As the father to the son, never as the son to the father. So I wanted to make the most out of it and get the most out of it. So for me, for instance, there's no such thing as quality time. Children spell love, T-I-M-E, and that's what they feel. You spend a lot of time with me, you must love me. Yeah. Right after earning my living, my very next job was being with my children and in doing anything and and everything they wanted to do or that I wanted to show them how to do. Well, of course, then you came into this with some really good intentions and a really important goal. But you talked to so many interesting people about what it takes to be an incredible parent. And uh, Paul McCartney factored in. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I just, uh, I mean, uh, I don't, uh, he, he's probably one of the most amazing people I think that's ever walked the planet, one of the most creative and gifted and gracious, and he's lived his whole life in the public eye, and yet, no matter what has happened to him, you would he's never been embarrassed, at least to my distant perception, never been embarrassed about anything that's ever happened to him, and so my recommendation is that we do that same thing with our children, and never be embarrassed by anything they do in their lives either. Oh, uh, you know what? That's really that's really important, and and letting them know that nothing they could do would embarrass you. I guess too impossible, right? I let Bo, I let everybody know you can't embarrass me. If you tried your hardest, I don't care how big your failure was. If you tried your hardest, nothing embarrasses me. I'll be there for you a hundred percent. 
You know, it's funny with with kids. One of the things I know, I this is not something I've created, but something I read once is that they're sort of like holding up a mirror, and we get to see our very best and our very worst in our kids, in our of ourselves in our kids. And a very wise person who said that it's absolutely true. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why people get so upset with their children is that they see the things that in themselves they don't like either. Yeah. Exactly. And it's uh, it it you know whether the children argues or bickers or is uh, you know slightly rude. I mean, you think about it. The girl, uh, the little girl who's at fifteen, kind of has a smart mouth and is a little rude to her dad. Uh, imagine her ten years from now if she maintains that and gets control of it, running her own company. Oh, you know that's right. Good point. That's that's a good way to look at it, especially when she's frustrating you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that what is rudeness at 15 might just be a great skill set uh, at 25 or 30. So you want to change the habit but not change the child. Oh, so that's I good. Think, for instance, one, I, re- I recommend that you punish with kindness. And you punish with kindness by waiting 20 minutes after you decide that that person needs to be punished. You wait 20 minutes before you figure out what the punishment is. So you are a patient man and a focused man, I can tell, because 20 <laughs> minutes, boy, I wish I could say that I always wait 20 minutes with my kids. I wish I could also say where you talk about no reason to yell ever. <laughs> ever, no yelling. I, I'm a big believer and. I don't know if you noticed, but in human nature, like if you whisper at somebody, they will lean in to hear what you have to say. Oh, Whereas yeah. if you yell at them or raise your voice in any way, they will lean back and their eyebrows go up. I mean, the body language is everything. So I know the children get us upset. This is part of the nature of it. But I just recommend no matter how upset you get, you only whisper. Wow, that is such a... They never hear the disrespect, of, uh, uh, especially from the person who loves them. I mean... Take a 16-year-old boy, you know, he's on the verge of his manhood, and he's just starting to feel how he's going to be when he's out in the world, and his mom's screaming at him. No, that's not, that That would diminish, that could diminish his soul. Oh. But if she just leans in and whispers and says, that upsets me. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. That. <laughs> that's pretty powerful. Well, you know, it's funny if if a child grows up with too much yelling too, that's all they listen to. I mean, you know, right. they're only tuned in to listening if you yell. <laughs> they also get very accustomed uh and this is one of the few scientific facts I discovered in my research. They get used to the presence of adrenaline in their body. Yeah. Because they're always on guard and always on edge because, you know, know, there's dad yelling again every time he comes home from, uh, you know, from the office or from the school or whatever. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Doesn't build trust. You know, adrenaline and trust are pretty much opposite. So Right. You are so right. You've got to look as long term in your child's life as possible and realize you're a caretaker and a guide and you're just getting them through really the most difficult period in the life they will ever know. It's true. Childhood is very hard, isn't it? And adolescence. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Tom Sturgis. He's the author of Grow the Tree You Got. And it's some absolutely fantastic uh, advice and information. And, you know, we're talking about raising kids. And it's pretty easy one-on-one. But I like this. You talk about the fact that siblings complicate everything. If you talk to almost anybody who's had uh, brothers and sisters, it was probably on the, later in their life it's the greatest thing, but boy, when it's right just happening, that's a very, very difficult thing for everybody. And I think parents have to be very sensitive to how great a challenge it is, especially for the older child 
to have a younger kid in there snooping around in their room and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, that snooping can be quite annoying, can it? (laughs) Well, you've talked to so many interesting people in the course of the book, and Shaquille O'Neal has a little something to say, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What were some of the more memorable conversations you had with, with the celebrity sorts when you were putting together the book? Well, I, uh, what I did for to write the book is I took stories from my own life. So there are things that happened to me when I was a kid, and uh, I was a runaway and had a lot of things that I had to recover from and able to just to get back in the path of life. But um, as I observed somebody do something amazing, I tried to write that down as well. And um, the Kareem, uh, sorry, the Shaquille O'Neal rule is be nice every chance you get. And he and I were driving in a car with a couple other people all alone in a New Jersey morning, and we see a little boy dribbling a basketball who happens to be wearing a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. Aww. And we pull the car up next to him and don't open the windows, and the kid is sitting there. He has no idea what's going to happen. And suddenly the window rolls down, and he realizes who he's looking at, Shaquille <sighs> O'Neal, the guy, his hero, the hero of his neighborhood, and he's wearing his jersey. <laughs> The kid looked like a cartoon in one of those things where your face stretches out. And Shaquille reaches into his pocket, pulls out a $100 bill, and hands it to him. And then we just roll back up the street. And I looked back at this kid and literally jumping with joy. Literally, (laughs) like, off, off the concrete. I can only imagine. And this is without television cameras. He didn't say, hey, take a picture and watch this. It was just the nature of the man to be nice to people. Oh, man, that is a fantastic story. Well, you know, they say how you do anything is how you do everything, you know, and and, uh, (laughs) but truly. So that's he he walks the walk and talks the talk. I love that. He is that guy, and so I let that inspire my own parenting and my own volunteerism with children, is that if I have a chance to be nice, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I have a just, feeling you're that guy, too, Tom. I can just tell by talking to you, you're that guy, too. That's very amazing. Well, it's a great book. You know what? If you're already a parent, if you know somebody who's going to be a parent, if you just need to sort of get everything back in perspective, it's called Grow the Tree You Got. It's got 99 other ideas for raising amazing adolescents and teenagers by Tom Sturgis. And Tom, I'm going to put all of your information on amystable.com, but where can we send people for more information about you? I have, uh, there's a couple ways to reach me out in the uh, populace and out in the world. You can follow me on Twitter at GrowTheTree, letter U, got. Uh, and there's uh, almost 15,000 people, which I'm very wow. proud of. Wow. a book about teenagers and adolescents. And we have a beautiful website, GrowTheTreeYouGot.com. So you can reach me if you would like me to come and speak at your event. If you want me to get on the phone and talk to your child, I've been doing that. <laughs> too, so. That's awesome. Well, so there's, it's, a, there's a whole section at the end of the book about how important big dreams are and how to help your child identify what their big dream is so you can help them reach it. Oh, I, I love that. And there's a questionnaire at the back of the book, too. You know, I have to tell you one other thing. My my dad is an architect. When you say big green, dreams and how to reach them, my dad is an architect, and he blew up a corner of a blueprint so that it was very large. And he put it on a card for me and wrote one message, and it said, make no small plans. <laughs> Do you not love that? So when you said help the kids realize that makes me think of my dad and he's 
it's something he would do. <laughs> the, the, the essay I wrote is called Big Dream, Little Dream, and the difference between the two. You know, dream going to New York, dream going to New York, buy the plaza and resell it as a condominium complex. <laughs> That's like, very like cool. What is it? Say his quote again. It, it's make no small plans. Oh, it's fantastic. Thank what you. I think so, to too. To yeah. You can, and think about it. All these years later, it still echoes. Yeah. And if somebody came to you with some small-minded plan and said, hey, I want to do this, you, that, those words would echo in your head. He's a great father. Thank you. I think so, too. I'm going to keep him. Well, so you are, too. I can tell you got some lucky kids and some lucky readers. Again, the book is Grow the Tree You Got by Tom Sturgis. And, Tom, thank you. It's been truly a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for letting me uh, be part of your day. I so appreciate it. You're listening to Amy's Table. It's Amy's Table. A girl's guide to living. With Amy Tobin on Q102.